We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. We're here. I wish I could keep this feeling. I wish I could keep this feeling. Pele leaned in and said something to Freddie. Don't let them change you. Keep working on what makes you different and what makes you special. It was great advice, but it caused me some problems. But what could change Freddie do? Soccer is going to explode and it's going to be around this kid. We were the Beatles. Everywhere we went, it was the Freddie show. And with that came the expectation and with that came the pressure. New episodes of American Prodigy drop Tuesdays from Blue Wire Podcast. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Corner Podcast. Kel Dansby here with the old man Andreas Hale, bringing you another show of combat sports. Today, we are talking about boxing and MMA in one show. So that means only two shows this week. But trust me, it's going to be a fun one. We have plenty to talk about from MMA. UFC 256 was really good. Probably has one of the fights of the year main eventing that. So we'll touch on that. We'll preview the last UFC card of 2020 that comes up this weekend. In boxing, we got to talk Joshua Pulev. We got to talk Shakur Stevenson. And of course, the return of Canelo Alvarez coming up this weekend. So like I said, pack show. Make sure you guys stay tuned all the way throughout. But first, Dre, we had such good responses from us talking hip hop on the last show or excuse me, R&B on the last show, that we have to bring it back. We got to talk about the verses that didn't happen. And we got to talk the verses that didn't happen. And we got to give the second part to last week's episode. We did the women's Mount Rushmore. We got to hit up R&B men's Mount Rushmore on this episode. So to start it off, 
We didn't get Keisha Cole versus Ashanti, and I know, I know you're saddened by this. Dog, I don't care. Um, <laughs> there wasn't enough on Saturday night. I feel like you're like, damn, I really missed his verses. No, no, I don't care. The people that did, though, I think it's funny because uh, Ashanti says, you know, I got the Rona. And she's like super surprised. Like, oh, shit, I got the Rona. And then uh, there's a video where Keisha Cole, you know, Ashanti basically says, we can do this remotely. I'll go get my laptop. And Keisha's like, no, no, no. We need to do this in person so I can give you your flowers. And in my head, I go, no, no, no. This is a terrible idea because why? <laughs> the whole idea behind Versus to begin with was because we were at home because of the rona that they would do these battles that started off on instagram remotely why to be safe yep for whatever reason versus after the beanie man shit they were like yo we should just put people in rooms all the time this is a this is a terrible idea i hate when things are really dope and come out you know the concept was for a good reason and a good cause, and it was to entertain us while we were at home, like D-Nice with his sessions on Instagram. But now it's like, y'all could y'all could have done this remotely. That was the charm behind Versus was it was done remotely. I don't know, man. But it's neither here nor there because guess what? I don't care about these two doing the Versus. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Well, it, it elongates them, so maybe they have a chance to put the set list together and drum up 40 quality songs no thanks i wasn't sure it was gonna happen anyway plus i'm sure keisha cole wants to sing that's like that's her shot did you see the video of her though she was like dressed up had a piano like she was she was on the she was on the teddy riley verge right there (laughs) she was like about to do too much oh I'm, i'm sure that's gonna happen again that's her only chance hard pass is to be like, yo, I can actually sing, and you cannot. And that's true. She can't. But, you know, verses isn't really about who can sing. Like, if we were going to do really singing verses, Ashanti would not be in that shit. So, uh, yeah, I don't care. When is it, what, January, like, 6th now or something like that? Yeah. I don't care. So that gets pushed back almost a month. <laughs> it's crazy that you got to get COVID tested for verses now. It's like all the other combat sports. Put them in a bubble. But now instead, December 19th, they roll out. Like, you know what? You don't got to go that long without a versus. They're giving us E-40 versus Too Short. I like this versus a lot more. Me too. A whole lot more. Even though, and this might be blasphemous, but listen, I'm not from the Bay. I didn't grow up on the West. It wasn't my bag. Like, I I always liked E-40. But, like, Bay Area music especially, like... I didn't get into a lot of that shit and go back and listen until hyphy became a thing. And then everything kind of just flooded in and I listened to old school Bay Area music. So this might sound blasphemous, but I feel like this is unfair for too short. Like, I feel like 40 is just going to walk off on him. Yeah, this, that's blasphemous. There's no way E-40's walking off on too short. What? There's E-40 at- got legit, like, hits still. So does... Like, to like- this day. Too short again versus is the nostalgia factor. Too short, like obviously, you play blow the whistle. It's a rap for a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, but that's too, nothing's beating that. But too short. I mean, if you go all the way back to the ghetto, you go back to blowjob Betty. You go back to I'm a player. You go. He could play the world's filled with pimps and hoes. Like he could play. There is so much shit that short can play 
that this is going to be very competitive. It just really depends on the playlist. And I'm not even the biggest Too Short fan, but them joints were joints, especially in them late. Like, Too Short was kind of my introduction. Between him and Slick Rick as a kid, that was like my introduction to like really filthy rap. I was like, oh my God. As a kid, it excited <laughs> me. I was like, oh my God. Like, Blowjob Betty? What's a blowjob? Holy shit. But E40, obviously the king of slang. Like, everybody's stolen. Like, he should be getting residuals for all the things that were stolen from him over the years. He really should. But yet and still, E40 could play Sprinkle Me. E40 could play uh, I Don't Fuck With You with Big Sean. Like, this is a legit barrier battle. And I'm, I'm going to watch this one. This one's going to be dope. Yeah, I feel like. 40 doesn't have to just rely on nostalgia, which it could be a good or a bad thing, as we've seen in these battles. But 40 has like a track with G-Eazy from like last year that he murders. He's been, especially features, crazy. And then I mentioned the hyphy movement. He has like three bangers during the hyphy movement. Yeah, but it's, it's too short, man. It's... It's too short. Like you can't disrespect short dog like that. Come I on. I don't even want to disrespect, but I'm just, I'm just saying. Like, if we're doing musically, E40 musically, I think got too much for sure. Yeah, you're bugging. But man. there's a lot of respect there, so no one's gonna say. It. Like, come on, like, like you know, this Jay Z and Short have like, don't fight the feeling. They, uh, like I said, the world is filled with pimps and hoes. Two shorts. I need a freak. I'm thinking, like, what else was there? Um. Short got a biggie joint? Short, yes. On uh, Life After Death. Yes. And I mean, Short has, he has a joint with E-40, Rapper's Ball. Like, he, like, Short has, like, hits for years. Like, years. And again, you play Blow the Whistle, and you just hear, like, Short just say, bitch, is just, that wins a lot of rounds by itself. <laughs> that wins one round. That's the way that this goes. That wins one round. Not multiple rounds. Um, He'll say it again. And there's there's multiple like too short is the king of saying bitch, which which is fair, but I feel like forty just oh and watching them spit live is gonna be crazy. Uh, look, that first I, I, forty I think, album was just dirty too. I love that album. Forty's incredible. Like he's got a, a great tenure, but you cannot count out too short. Too short is the king of a lot of shit. Like that. Like the motherfucker has albums so for he has years. A ton of albums. For years, and he's been making joints for years and showing up on other people's shit as a pimp for years. I was about to say, there's gonna be a lot of pimping talk in this conversation. Shake that monkey, like too short. Shake that monkey, come on, man. You know how many people can just start dancing in their living rooms with shake that monkey? Come on, you just reminded me of Snoop Dogg saying that WAP was was too vulgar. Oh man, you just reminded me of that. Just bringing up all these old school songs, where it's like, really, come on, man. I, Snoop, really? Look, I'm not that guy. That look, monkey. <laughs> I look. I grew up on all this bullshit, and for for rapper, any rapper today to tell like Megan Thee Stallion and Cardi B, like, yo, you need to keep it clean. When you had a song called "Bitches Ain't Shit," and you had like just your whole like doggy style was just disrespectful to women across the world. Everybody, unless your name was the Lazy of Rage, Snoop Dogg disrespected routinely, and he continued to do it for years. He had a porn. Straight up, he had a porno. I watched it. Stop it, Snoop. <laughs> Stop. You cannot tell these women to try to clean up. Like, you know who you were. Yes, when you get older, of course, your 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 mentality towards a lot of these things changes. You look at it a little, the lens is a little bit different. But don't criticize 
what you were because you were worse than anything that Megan Cardi B's ever done. And let's not act like there was no Little Kim, there was no Foxy Brown. There was a fucking group called Hoes with Attitudes. If anybody remembers this shit, I'm gonna post it on fucking Twitter, the album cover, because I remember seeing this shit. And I was like, I should buy this, and I was like, no, shit, it's gonna be fucking terrible. But there was Hoes with Attitudes. There was two live crew where everything Luke ever did was vulgar. I don't think Luke Luke had a remotely clean song in his entire life. That's my introduction to just wild ass rap, and that's because he had a what was the show late night? I had the crazy box. It was like oh, Luke's peep show. <laughs> that's what it was. Luke's peep, Luke's peep show. show. Come that on, that was my shit. Yo, yo, like come <laughs> on, legal cable box. Come on, like oh yeah. man, the Jay Z interview from that is legendary when him and Jay are just talking, and then a chick's like getting domed up by a light skin. That's that's every, that was every episode. And, yeah, Jay just looks over like. All right, fuck it. It keeps going on with this. It's every review. episode. Man, oh, yes. Yeah. show is the shit. I love Snoop, but you got to chill. You can't, you can't do that. Especially not Snoop. Yeah, not Snoop. you. Not have you heard your own album? Your homie got a pocket full of rubbers. What are you talking about? Again, bitches <laughs> ain't shit but hoes <laughs> and tricks. Lick on these nuts and suck the dick. Listen, if you listen to this podcast right now, I got extremely vulgar, but that's Snoop's fault. It ain't mine. This is the things he said. These are, like, listen to Doggy Dog World. Listen to every song that Snoop had off of Doggy Style. And listen to, between him and Corrupt, oh my God. Corrupt's even more disrespectful than Snoop. Jesus Christ. Yo, Corrupt disrespected everybody. But I loved it. So I'm not going to sit here and disrespect Cardi B and Megan. That's like, yeah, it may not be your bag now, but th- let that not be your bag. Don't yeah. criticize them. And it's not, I get a lot of people came to Snoop's defense because they were like, yo, a lot of stuff is album cuts. You know, kids usually don't listen to album cuts. You put whatever you want on your album. There's no the such thing. The fact that it's a single. Like, Stop. No, there was dirty ass singles. We talked about it two shows ago. Put it in your mouth. I mean, you know, putting it in your mouth wasn't like a like a hit hit. <clears throat> Shit. But it was a, if you played it in the club, again, I was like I was a kid, man. I was in clubs and they played put it in your mouth. And if well, maybe not my pops. But if like my grandmother would have saw me doing this, she would have been deeply offended. If I was running around the club talking about putting it in your mouth, in your motherfucking mouth. Come on. Three six mafia. Three six got joints that are just fucking crazy. Like, come on. Listen, Luke, me so horny. <laughs> yeah, me, me so horny. That was spins in movies to this day. It doesn't stop, man. Like there was there was nothing but vulgar songs in the nineties. Like I remember the first time, and it wasn't a single, but Slick Rick. When I heard Adult Story for the first time, oh my god! So like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> Slick Rick was disgusting. <laughs> I I swear to God, because I'm again, I'm not that old. Um, I had to be in like seventh grade. It was the summer of seventh grade and the barbecues are popping off everywhere. And I remember the first time I remember exactly where I was when I heard Kaya's my neck, my back (laughs) summer of seventh grade. And what that shit hit the earth like a comet. There's an acoustic version with a white girl playing that with like a unplugged guitar. It's crazy. Uh, yeah. I Listen, Snoop had a song called It Ain't No Fun If the Homies Can't Have None, which was a song about running trains on women. And Nate 
was singing the hook so delightfully, but it was so disgusting. So it's like, come on, man. Listen, if they want to talk about their wet ass vaginas, let them go for it. Look, you ain't got to listen. I get it. I, it kind of sucks. Like, my daughter's four. And I have a really hard time because I put Apple Music on her iPad. And she really likes Lizzo. But I can't, like, find clean versions of these songs. So I have to watch my daughter try to mute herself. So I get it. It's really difficult <laughs> to do the, to deal with this stuff nowadays. But let's not act like Cats wasn't just saying the wildest of things. Listen, I say this all the time. People talk about violence and music. There was a group called the Bloods and the Crips. that came out in the 90s and they killed each other on wax all the time. And I listened to it. Spice One killed everybody. Brother Lynch hung eight people. Spice One was so dope. How <laughs> did she just revive? Spice One was so dope. Yo, if anybody is listening to the show and has never listened to Br- Brother Lynch hung, oh my god, this was like cannibal rap. It's oh, nuts. Some wild shit out there. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> this is the least of people's worries. Yeah, I, it's funny because I never think of that, but my kids mute stuff when they're around me too like singles and stuff and i always wonder and granted my kids are now older so it's like what 15 and 13 but they'll still mute like curse words around me or like wild shit i wonder if they just go just let loose when it's just them and their friends come on did you of course uh, but i was yeah. different i i had maybe a tenth of the parental supervision that they had i mean even still it don't matter like I mean, I know, I remember when I was playing uh, intramural football in, like, junior high school, and my pops came to pick me up, and I was just rapping Snoop Dogg lyrics. And, like, my pops pulled up and was like, really? <laughs> it's like, this is what you do when I'm not around? And they started laughing and shit. But it, the point is, is that all kids have filthy mouths when their parents are around. Because there's no need to mute yourself. It's like white people with an N-word in a song, and they look around, and it's like, there's no black people here. And I'm just going to say it loud and clear. Some still mute themselves, right? There's always going to be a good kid who's like, I shouldn't curse. But for the most part, you can best believe, bet your bottom dollar, that your kids are cussing up a storm. I laugh at my wife all the time because she specifically doesn't know dirty versions to songs because when she was growing up she only was allowed to buy the clean versions they, and if wow. there's an n-word in any song she completely omits it and i'm like yo that's so talented if i i couldn't do that if i tried at all but there's like snoop songs where she doesn't like if you're rhyming it she knows every word but only the clean version what's the point I don't know. I guess that's, that's how she grew up. That shit makes me laugh all the time. She knows the radio edits for everything. Hmm. Everything. Tupac songs. Nothing but radio edits. That shit has me in tears. Uh, so, before we go on to combat sports and we talk MMA and boxing, I wanted to follow up on last week's convo because a lot of people, one, losing their damn minds. We got a lot of feedback that I was crazy for putting Tina Turner over Mary J. Blige. That's, there's, I, come of on. Of all my hot takes, of all the shit that I say, that gets a, that gets someone riled up? Come on, man. That that only tells you what people didn't listen to. That's that's always my issue with a lot of lists, because people will criticize somebody on a list, and it's like, you never listen to their music. So how are you going to talk about, like, Mary J. Blige, like, I told y'all, Mary J. Blige makes the same song all the goddamn time. Tina Turner, Tina Turner, Tina Turner, come on, man, stop. They're not the same. They're not the same. At all. So I'm talking about this list that we have with several people over the week. One of people, one that just thought 
I am ashamed to the family now, I guess, is my father. So I hit him up. I was like, yo, Pops, what's your Mount Rushmore? I, he didn't put anyone after 1985 on his Mount Rushmore. And my dad's not that old. He's like 50. Yeah. But he was like a glaring omission, which I never even thought of, was Diana Ross. I, I mentioned Diana Ross. I said she narrowly missed my cut. Okay. So, yeah, I didn't even think of Diana. I did feel ashamed by that because Diana and Tina is neck and neck. Diana had, you know, upside down. Like, she had she had yeah. jams. Like, she had the disco popping. Crazy. Yeah, that's, I mean, timeless right there for Diana Ross. So, yeah, Diana deserves consideration. But then he had me thinking, I was like, a male list, I was like, yo, a men's list would be a lot easier. For me, yes. This is simple. And he was like, no, because groups can't count. That's so. And I was like, all right, shit gets tough no, if doesn't. we give a men's list now. All right, I'll give you my list. I'll give you my top three, and then we can go from there, because I feel like my top three are on your list, just like the women's list. Prince, Mike, Marvin Gaye. Debate starts after that. Stevie Wonder. There's no debate after that. Stevie Wonder. Cool. Stevie is slash on my list at four. Dude, Stevie, listen, Stevie is... In terms of R&B, the greatest of all time. Mm. Period. I will For not Mike? debate this. Mike was pop. Oh, no. Come on, man. Mike, Listen, man. man. Mike Mike's later pop. years. Mike, Mike's Mike later was years. R&B. He, he was R&B. He was. Yes, pop. he was. But when we're talking like strictly R&B, like, this is why, like Luther narrowly misses this list because that top four is so strong. Oh, agreed. But R&B, and we're talking about a tenure of making R&B, not pop. Mike made pop as well. Nah, that's that's like leaving Drake off a hip hop list because he makes R&B as well. Yes, and when he would Mike he would to be he, in his bag R&B bag. Few did it better. Not better than Stevie. I won't. I won't even debate this. Mm. I, Stevie's like, one. Yes, looking at people in the rear view. Yes, Stevie, okay. Prince, Mike, Marvin. Okay, our lists are very similar. I mean, I wrote Stevie in my list, and I had to be objective. Because, of course, like, Stevie, Stevie. Catalog-wise, it's very hard to fuck with Stevie. It's impossible to fuck with Stevie. I think Mike got him catalog-wise, mm. but you got to include the pop shit. Mm. And Mike started when he was five. Like, it takes a lot. That's cool, but... Prince don't got Stevie catalog-wise, even though I like Prince more. He that... don't got Stevie catalog-wise. Here's, here's where the debate ends between... Mike and Stevie, in my opinion. You ever seen Mike play the piano? You ever seen Mike like organize, like produce a song? I almost said a wildly horrible take right there. Like, have you ever seen? Because Stevie ain't, yeah, you said you never seen. Stevie ain't seen himself play the piano. But anyway. (laughs) But who is Michael Jackson written for? Oh, nobody. Stevie has done this with everybody. Stevie Wonder. Wrote for Michael writing Jackson. credits get taken into account. Um, yeah, everything. When I talk about R and B, writing credits count. Producing, composing. I'm talking about the entire enchilada. There is Stevie Wonder and there is Prince. Michael Jackson was a pop superstar. Yep. But a lot of that was engineered and put together by Quincy Jones. And I'm not taking anything away from Michael because he's an incredible artist. But when it comes to talent, 
and this Mike could dance and I'm not even like there's gonna be people that are gonna say this is wildly disrespectful but I'm saying there's Prince and there's Stevie and there's everybody else and Mike is like two there's one A and one B and that's Prince and Stevie because not only did Prince and Stevie do what they did for themselves they did what they did for others and imagine if they kept them songs for themselves the songs they made it for other people yeah that's that's usually the strongest case in R&B it's like that's that's the case people give to Babyface why yeah, he's, he's like, incredible. Yeah, what if he kept everything for himself? So I was like, yeah, that's that's a pretty strong case. Like Prince, dude, Prince wrote so nothing compares fourth. to you. <laughs> oh my god, are you kidding me? Oh, Marvin is fourth then. Yes, that's tough. Marvin that's not got tough. Joints. He does, but it's we're talking. Mean, but hmm. yeah, I mean, it's Mount Rushmore. Marvin, listen, I have Marvin a little bit above Stevie. Like it was There's, Prince, Mike, Marvin, then Stevie on my list. I can bump Stevie ahead of Marvin. Like, it's not too crazy. But if we're taking everything to account, granted, we only got four spots. Does he who must not be named... No. ...deserve consideration? No. He Over Like, look, look. I won't put... Generation. Robert Sylvester Kelly, Kelly. was yes. a great R&B artist, right? Yep. But Robert Sylvester Kelly is not better than Smokey Robinson. Mm-hmm. And Smokey's not on this list. And not on my list. He's not better than Luther Vandross. No, he can't sing like Luther. And R. Kelly could sing. Yeah, but, but Luther? Not, not like Luther. Luther? Come on, bro. There's just no way. So, listen. You could talk like... I, R-, just, R. Kelly comes into the scope when you count everything. That's all I'm saying. When you count everything. Yeah, no. The writing. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Um, man, the shit he did... With Mr. Biggs and the the whole crew and writing stuff, the Aaliyah stuff, the no for a decade, the features. Dude, look who else. The 2000s. Here's who else I've left off of this list: Sam Cooke, Al Green, James Brown. R. Kelly fuck with them. I'm not sure James counts. Shit. I wondered about this. James Brown. He was of soul. Godfather's soul. Come on, man. R and B is rhythm and blues. Cut it out. Yeah, it, yeah, like this yeah. is James Brown. He's he's going. I didn't know how far we were going back because James is like sixties, right? Yeah. So you got James and I mean Stevie's like from the, the late sixties, early seventies. Okay. So, like, dude, you, Bill you Withers. Have, um, R. Kelly fucking with Bill Withers. Kelly fucking Kelly got hits. He, I mean, he, like, listen, he now does. Now we're going deep. Now he, we're going. Deep. Look, he's got hits. I'm not You're going to, to say he's not top ten. You keep naming people. I'm I'm saying like Ray that Charles is Ray on our list. He's not on this. He's not on this Mount Rushmore. He's not in this consideration. Like if I can't, if I'm not putting Al Green on this list, R. Kelly's not on this list. If I'm not putting Luther on here, I can't consider R. Kelly. So he's not being considered for the Mount Rushmore. Is he one of the greatest R&B? Like begrudgingly, yes. Right, <laughs> like it's just it's like Roman Polanski is a filmmaker and Woody Allen is a filmmaker. Yes, okay, they did some things and then they did some foul shit too. But no, man, I'm totally comfortable like not having to consider R. Kelly. That that's top four is incredible. Yeah, top four is deep. It's it's hard to crack the top four. But like Curtis was- Mayfield, like I love, Curtis ain't on this list. I'm just Curtis talking about. I'm just talking about all the people. Like, when you talk about R. Kelly, I'm thinking about all the people. Lionel Richie? Like, I'm okay with not considering Robert Sylvester Kelly. <laughs> like, all right. I mean, there's, again, if you go 90, 90 on, it's 30 years. 
There's sure, no one different. better than him the past 30 years. So you're telling me no one the past 30 years is top 10. Mm, see, you say the past 30 years, right? But I, I'll put baby. 1990 on. I'll put Babyface over R. Kelly. Oh, no, you're bugging there. Am I? Nope. Yep. Really? Yep. Yeah, now now we have gone too far. Really? Dead ass serious. Okay. So let's talk about it. R. Kelly, right? (laughs) Let's talk talk about this real real quick. R. Kelly, when we we talk about the body of the work, he had 12 play. Yep. Um, He had the self-titled album. Yep. Reloaded. Later. Um, Yeah, I mean. Because you said total package. Total package. Think about what Babyface has done. Art Kelly has writing credits too. No, 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 no. I mean, the guys, I believe no, 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 no. Like, what, what, what are we talking here? I'm talking when we're talking about writing credit, like when we're talking about Babyface and like Celine Dion. Yes, Art Kelly has that too. We're talking about Babyface and Boys to Men. We're talking about like Baby. But he doesn't have enough hits himself. Are you to compete before you get to the writing credits? Are you serious? To compete with Robert Sylvester Kelly? Really? He does not have enough hits right. that he kept to himself. Let's be clear. R. Kelly, when you talk about this R&B stuff, right? Yeah. After 2000, R. Kelly like, had like tons of hits to you? Like not 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 in general because yeah, he, he had like he had like rap singing stuff, but yeah, he had rap singing stuff, but that was R and B. Like he had the whole Best of Both Worlds album on. You like he that had, album, huh? I mean, there's like okay, good song. There's like two good songs. Like the song, the album's like six songs. Um, and then after that, we have what Fiesta, Step in the Name of Love. Look, man. Yeah, he got he got hits after that. After two thousand, I'll, yeah, I'll say this. Chocolate it's, Factory had hits on it. Uh, look, not I, a great album overall. Yeah, no hits. thanks. Listen, I will say that there is a debate to be had between Babyface and R. Kelly. There is no blowout here. I can see where you can say R. Kelly was a better um, artist than Babyface. Yeah, I won't agree with it, but I can as see a it. Front man, I can see it. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like case, Babyface at Whip Appeal gets consideration. I don't, I don't know how many, you know, parents are. Like, your parents probably made you from Whip Appeal at some point, or made some family members. Like, like Babyface had joints, and yes, I get it. R. Kelly is, you know, he's had hits, and yes, I can't help but think about him boning kids, and it's yes, gonna always it's horrible. Hurt. Now. Yes, yeah, but <laughs> I'm not gonna just say that R. Kelly just blows out Babyface. Like, do you remember the Teddy Riley and Babyface fucking verses? Babyface yeah. just kept pulling out joints. Like, here you go. Yeah, take yeah. this. Take this. Yeah. And everybody was like, oh, shit, I forgot he did that. <laughs> like, yeah. Mm. Again, the writing credits are deep. It's just hit for hit. But you, you, when you said he total package, you, you didn't say just like solo yeah. hits. You said but total I, package. I agreed. But I'm saying like R. Kelly has writing credits, so it's not like he, he can't do somewhat of what Babyface can do. He's not on that level, but he's not astronomically far behind as though I consider the difference between Babyface and R. Kelly to be when it comes to hits. Listen. As a front man, I, I think there's just a large gap there. That's fair. I mean, if, if that's what you want to say. Here's one thing I will say, though. And this is not too low because it's R. Kelly. There's nothing low. Motherfucker can't read. Who is he writing for? That's very true. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how he did it. Don't ask me. There was no spell check back then. Don't ask me how he did it. I'm assuming he just put it on wax and gave it to him so he didn't have to physically write shit down. I don't know. I wasn't there. It was only R. Kelly, his bodyguards, and 14-year-olds. 
So I don't fucking know what happened in that studio. It's horrible. But for the sake of this conversation, gotta mention his name. And uh, I'd be remiss to mention a sneaky person, just someone I like. They're listen, can't put him in the top four. But someone I like, and I gotta mention Rick James. Rick James don't get enough credit. No, that, that wasn't the one I was gonna say. I was gonna say Isaac Hayes and Barry White, but okay. I, Rick- Barry, yes. I'm not sure where I stand with Isaac. What? Love the voice. I don't. I, I gotta go back and listen. I'm not gonna crush it because I, I feel like I gotta maybe revisit Isaac. But I just he doesn't stick out like Barry White does. The one person who would be on this list if he lived a lot longer is Donny Hathaway. Hmm. No, that's tough because then you say the same thing about Al. Yeah. I'm just saying, I love Donnie Marvin. Donnie Hathaway Marvin died young. Yeah, he did. But I'm just saying, Donnie, Donnie was like, he didn't really break through like Marvin did, right? Yeah, Donnie's big L. Hmm, okay. Where you look and just be like, yeah, he had it. Yeah. But he's not Biggie, where the catalog is crazy when you die young. He's not Pac, catalog crazy when you die young. He's big L. Like, you're like, no, I could project this. Yeah, like, you could see it coming. That's kind of like how Sam Cooke was. Like, Sam Cooke was like, oh, man, if he was here for a lot longer, he'd probably still be making shit. But you know how good Sam... Like, I didn't notice how good he was until I noticed how many people sampled his songs of such a very... Not a very limited catalog, but not a crazy long catalog. And so many people sample Sam Cooke. Yes. He's fucking nuts. Um, we're not going to do this list, but if you included groups, there's just, not even Mount Rushmore, greatest male R&B group of all time is who? I don't know. Okay, I thought you would have it right. Earth, Wind, and Fire, right? Like, no one touches Earth, Wind, and Fire? Yeah, I got to think about this. I love Earth, Wind, and Fire. I feel like they're the greatest group. But the guy, and they're not even like my my generation. Couple like, but the Jacksons, man, the Jacksons, Jacksons, yeah, the Jacksons. I mean, the Gap Band. I mean, shit, man. We didn't even mention Charlie Wilson or Ronald Isley on this shit. But um, oh, Ron Isley so fucking good. That, um, I don't know. But like, I, I lumped him into the R. Kelly argument. Though. Please li- listen. If if I know Swiss Beach is not listening to this shit in Timberland, but if they are, and anybody who listens to knows how to get to them, the only verses that matters. Is Ronald Isley versus Charlie Wilson? Charlie ain't fucking with Ronald Isley. I'm just saying. <laughs> they're, just they're, they're, do you know how? Like it wouldn't. It wouldn't even be a battle. At a certain point, it'd just be a fucking party. Because oh, yeah. Charlie playing joints from like outstanding to present day, like that all the Charlie Wilson shit he's done, and then Ronald Isley, Isley going all the way from like between the sheets to present day. Oof. Yeah, because those Isley Brothers albums had joints. Some, those were tough. That's what I'm saying, man. Like, so when he broke off by himself, the Mr. Big shit, there, nah. That could be one of the biggest and most watched verses of all time. Oh, yeah. Because you Cause get, like, my mom's will watch that shit. Yep. I'm watching that shit. Like, everybody's watching that shit. Bring back the heyday for the older women. Yes. Damn, I didn't even mention Teddy Pendergrass on R&B. Come on, man. There's so many great R&B singers. It's just, for me, again, like to to tie this up in a bow, just like Prince, Michael, Stevie, Marvin. Like, that's it. And Stevie, I I won't, like, Stevie's like the one person I will just, I'll never debate with anybody. Like, if you try to tell me anybody's better than Stevie, I don't care. The motherfucker's blind. (laughs) And continue to make hits for 
forever. Like he just inner visions. <sighs> Jesus. Yeah. I'll give you that four. We disagree on the order of the four. You can disagree so, all you want. Nobody's touching yeah, the Stevie I mean, the, Prince. The four, <laughs> the four is legit. Um, let's hit the break then. When we come back, let's get into MMA and boxing because tons of it happened this past week. Let's go recap all of that and pre- give our predictions for the upcoming fight. You guys stay right there. We'll be right back. All right, we'll get back to the show in a second. But first, 2020 has already reshaped how we work and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical and Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site, according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. And now Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. 73% of online job seekers in the U.S. visit Indeed each month, according to Comscore. So it's clear Indeed can help get you the quality hire you need. That's why more than 3 million businesses worldwide use Indeed for hiring. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job posts, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. All right, just that quick, we are back and we're switching it up. We're talking MMA first this week instead of boxing, which we usually do. So we'll end on boxing. But to start off, we had MMA UFC 256. This past weekend, the last pay-per-view, USC pay-per-view of the year, it seemed like a hodgepodge kind of going into it, right? Like, it was up and down, there was a lot of injuries, people falling out, the Rona hit the card several times. But all in all, I think the main card delivered. Yeah. Was it pay-per-view worthy? I don't know. But it was a good card. So, looking at it... um, let me just make sure nothing great happened on the prelims. Oh, only thing from prelims, I had no clue that Cub Swanson still fighting. Yes, man. And he looked great. He did. Like, it started, I was like, oh, Cub Swanson's about to be one of those 60 that are going to get cut on Monday. Mm-mm. Nope. Cub still got it. Not kill a Cub. So that was um, a good surprise because no clue he was still fighting. Then main card rolls around. We had a uh, Cyril Gain versus Junior Dos Santos. Junior Dos Santos is one of those sixty. Oh yeah, he's out of here. <laughs> he's he's gone. Got molly whopped. Damn man, he looked okay at first, and then as the fight progressed, it just Cyril just kind of put it on him. And the thing is, Cyril's I picked. I think we both picked JDS. Yeah. And I thought 
I, I thought, you know, Cyril's coming into a fight. He's kind of new. He's a big dude. You know, he's an okay striker, but, you know, JDS should give him problems on the feet. No, that didn't happen at all. JDS looked okay for a minute. Then he started swinging wild, and I was like, oh, shit, he's about to get fucked up. And then he got that elbow behind the ear and then cried about it, and then Dana was like, all right, I'm filling out your walking papers. You're out of here. I mean, it looked like he did get hit behind the head, but it turns out it was just the ear. Yeah, it just felt like it was. You know, it, you ever get hit so hard that you can't think it's legal? That's kind of what happened. It was like, that yep. couldn't have been legal. Yes, it was. It reminded me of uh, when Connor knocked out Poirier the first time. Yeah. Hit him all behind the ear. Dropped him. Like, when you get hit there, ain't shit you can do. But wake up and ask what happened to you. And why. Yep, so Junior Dos Santos gets wrecked in uh, the second round of that fight. The next fight up, Kevin Holland versus Jacare. Add Jacare's name to the list. Bruh. Look, I was like, when this, these two fights happened, I was like, I'm about to have a bad night with these picks. Because, <laughs> oh. <laughs> look, man, I think Kevin Holland's, he, he, this is a bad comparison because it's a diet version. Him and Kamayev right now are the Israel Adesanya and Paulo Costa of the middleweight division. Ooh, okay. But Kevin Holland's not good as Adesanya. And I don't know. Kamayev might be better than Paulo Costa. I don't know. But I just remember when those two were coming up, they were just blitzing people, and people were ready to put them together. But here's where my comparison with Holland and Adesanya makes sense. Adesanya fought Marvin Vittori, got put on his back, and the people were like, ah, he might not be that good. Holland had a moment there uh, early where people were like, ah, he's not that good. And then he just starts rolling. And he starts just wiping out people. Remember, Adesanya was in a similar thing. Where he was like, give me a fight every other week. I'll take whoever you got. Yep. And what he did to Jacare, knocking him out off of his back and making him do the <laughs> lean back, that was, that was pretty incredible. I didn't even think that first punch clipped him. But Jacare was so stunned, like, it might have just clipped the tip of his nose. And he felt the power. And Jacare was like, oh, I have no clue what the hell to do right now. And then the second punch came so fast that it was night night. It's, it's, it's crazy how quick it happened. And the other thing was, as soon as Jacare shot for a takedown, I was like, oh, it's over. Now, I know Kevin Holland's a black belt, but come on, man. This is Jacare we're talking about. Holland didn't have any problems with it, working off no. his back. And then he ended up knocking him out. The strength was glaring. That's crazy. When you watch that. Like, even though he was taken down, he was never in, he was never in trouble because he just seemed so much stronger than Jacare. And then, of course, when you punch someone and knock someone out, literally from your back, with no legs, no torque, no nothing into it, just swinging the arm, and you get to put someone to sleep, like, that power is scared. Yeah, I don't know what to say. Kevin Holland's a problem. Now, he look, he's calling on Kamaya, but the reason why I say the him and uh, Kamaya are like Adesanya and Kasa, keep those two apart. Yep. They might let meet them, at the top. Let them run through the top ten. Yep. And then meet where they meet. Um Talking about the top, I they're having good runs. Not sure either is uh, is as good as Adesanya at the top. No. So it's like, where are you rushing to? There's no hurry. Nah, none at all. Um, next fight, Mackenzie Dern versus uh, Verna Jandaroba. I thought this was a really good fight. It was. And... I was very impressed by Mackenzie Dern, by her toughness. Like, the striking is getting better, but there was only one way to go from there, right? 
But someone who comes in with this type of, I, I don't know, like this fanfare, these expectations, it's very easy for her, you know, she could have been one of a million people who come in with that and just be like, oh, I'm a diva, I'm a prima donna, get into fights, when stuff gets tough, you're immediately ready to get the hell out of there. Her toughness was through the roof in this fight. Broke her nose, comes back to the corner, tells the corner, like, hey, I think my nose is broken. They're like, nope, you're good. I need five more minutes. And she's like, all right, fuck it, I got you. Comes out and wins the third round. Yeah. And almost gets the sub at the end of the second round, the round she lost. Oh, yeah, she rolled into that. It looked like a leg lock. It looked great. But um, Jason Perillo, being her coach now in striking, has shown tremendous improvement. So now it's like you look at Mackenzie Dern, who couldn't strike for shit when she showed up. Now she looks solid. Obviously, she still got some work to do, but the improvement over the past year is, has been remarkable. Yep. And, uh, yeah, she's about to be a problem. It, like we keep saying, it clicks for some fighters a lot later, and she's one of them. And I'm not saying she's going to be a champion, but she's going to be a problem. Because who's going to want to go on the ground with her? If this striking just keeps getting better, it's going to be tough. Yep, no one. And... The biggest battle is when she gets to the top, I think she's someone where being in a 25-minute fight is so much better than a 15-minute fight. Those extra 10 minutes you give her, she's wrapping someone's leg up. More than likely. Someone's arm up. Like, she's almost getting it in 10 minutes, in 15 minutes. Like, you give her an extra 10, that's a whole different fight. She's probably catching you and choking your ass out. And I was impressed with her... You know, going for takedowns, going for trips. She's learning how to set it up. That's always been, like, my biggest thing with um, jujitsu people is, like, yeah, but you got to hit someone to get them to the ground. Or you got to hope to be dropped, and then someone comes into your guard, and then you can go crazy. The special ones are able to actually shoot for takedowns and take people to the ground. Yeah. RDA had that when he was on his run, and he was special, like, that's that's the key is like if you get someone to the ground without having to just flat out knock them down, you're pretty damn good. And Mackenzie is getting to that level. So I like it. I think she earned the fight. Um, winning that third round was huge. Interested to see where she goes from here. I'm sure she'll let the nose heal. But when she comes back, I think she's uh, definitely ready for a step up in competition. Oh, for sure. And then co-main event. Probably my most disappointing fight of the night. Tony Ferguson versus Charles Oliveira. Why was this And it's not disappointing because of Charles Oliveira. It's disappointing because very few times do I just see someone go from 13-fight winning streak or just setting the world on fire to unrecognizable. Like, this is Anthony Pettis, damn near. Where, like, the monsters come and sap your power. This isn't the Tony Ferguson I saw for six years. Yeah, it is. You just, what did I keep telling you? I told you this before the Gaethje fight. Competition, competition. I, I continue to tell you this. Tony Ferguson's winning streak came off of the heels of a lot of fighters who just had losses. You couldn't really name his best win. RDA, sure, but he came off of a loss. Kevin Lee, he had staph infection. He just fought Oliveira, who I told you, much improved striker, fantastic on the ground. I told you this was going to happen. Ferguson had nothing for him. No, dom- got dominated in 
every avenue you can get dominated. Look, Ferguson is great. Like, his win against Edson Barbosa a few years back opened a lot of eyes, right? And people were like, oh, yeah. And then he won the, he won the title and he carried it around. He talked a lot of shit. Look, first and foremost, I'm glad we didn't see the fight with Khabib because Khabib would have destroyed Tony. Destroyed him. But the thing is, is that he it's not that he got exposed. It's not that he's not as good. It's like... A lot of y'all just weren't paying attention to what Tony was do- doing. And then he fought somebody like Oliveira, who's, again, he's only 31. He's been in the damn UFC for 10 years. Yeah, crazy. He's just figured it out. He figured that 145 is not my division. I need to be a lightweight. He improved his striking. His jiu has always been great because he has the most submissions in the history. So it's like his jiu always been there. What was Tony Ferguson going to do to him? <sighs> Tony had to outstrike him. That was Tony cut him early with the with an elbow. Yeah, but he's not. But Tony's not a good no. striker. He gets hit. What I what I say? The Gaethje fight gets hit too much. Tony Ferguson's not great defensively. You know what Tony Ferguson is? A maniac. Because that arm bar, he was gonna get his arm ripped out of the damn uh, it's the socket completely. Oliver was gonna break his arm off. A savage. Oh, a savage would have broken. Not his arm. tapping. He was not no, savvy at all. But that's why, I, remember when I said my pick, I was like, he won't submit, so he'll have to get something broke or go to sleep. And that he was on the verge of that happening. Because he's crazy. And that's one like thing about Tony Ferguson I'll appreciate is he's nuts. He's a lunatic. He won't give up. He scrambles like a maniac when he's on his back. He's just, he's just completely, like he doesn't train with a camp. He does his own thing. He's crazy. But that's just going to catch up with you. You can't keep beating people that just had losses. Charles Oliveira is the guy. And I said it. This guy should be in title contention. Oh, now he is, definitely. He's at least in the convo. Has to be. Now, this is someone where... So you have Connor coming up and fighting. This is someone Gaethje can fight. Gaethje fight Chandler. That's what should happen. Oh, Gaethje should fight Chandler. So it's Oliveira versus who? It, it's just a matter of this is this is my opinion. There's one more contender up there, like mm. who's been like crushing shit. I no, forgot who. It was. Not really. I mean, it's, it's Poirier, McGregor, Oliveira, Chandler, Gaethje. Those are your five. And Gaethje should fight Chandler. I would assume they're gonna book that fight for February. And we already know that Poirier and McGregor are fighting in January, COVID permitting. <laughs> like yeah. somebody could get this shit. It's really a matter of the two guys who have the best performances should fight for the inter- for the title. Period. That's fair. So if, if Gagey just completely destroys Chandler and Connor and, and Dustin have like a back and forth type of thing, then maybe they're the odd man out. Or or whoever's healthy. That's the other thing. But Oliveira, that performance that he just had, it's gonna be hard to top that. Against a guy who was just champion. I mean you could do it. In a five-rounder, because, again, it was three. But I didn't think it would have changed if you gave him ten more minutes. He probably would have submitted him. Yeah, it would have just Well, not submitted him. He probably would have put him to sleep or broke yeah, his arm off. it would have been a longer ass-whooping. Yeah. So, no, I thought it was wildly impressive. Um, Oliveira's, yeah, he's climbing. I, I think that's really a really good performance from him. I think everything runs through Connor, unless Connor loses. If Connor loses, then I think we can see Oliveira Poirier for the belt. Um, if Connor wins, Connor picks whoever the hell he wants, which is probably Gaethje or Chandler, because I think stylistically it matches better for Connor. He don't want no parts of Gaethje. I think over Oliveira, you don't want to hit the ground. No, you don't. But I think Connor has a better chance knocking out Oliveira than he does Gaethje. 
because Gaethje is has much more facets to him in his striking that Connor has to worry about. Connor can throw a left hand against Oliveira and not really return worry about like a return kick or him moving his head. Like Charles is good standing up, but he's not Justin Gaethje. And Justin Gaethje can hurt Connor. I don't think Charles can standing up. Yeah, Oliveira's last loss was to knocked out by Paul Felder. Yeah. And I love Submitted it. by Yamas, submitted by Pettis. He had a rough go at Featherweight. Yeah, he just had to figure it out. Featherweight wasn't for him. He, he Knocked looked, out by Max Holloway. Yeah. I'll give it that to you then. Yeah, so I think Gaethje's the guy that, that Connor will probably pick, but should probably stay far away from. But it's not like he can't win that fight. It's just a, it's a really rough go fighting Justin Gaethje. It's not fun unless you're Khabib. At this point, the division is a rough go. That is also true. Like, <laughs> unless you plan on fighting Nate in the meantime, like, I... I don't know where you go for a softball anymore. You, you got your one softball to get back into the mix, and that was Cowboy. After yeah. that, it's it's a row of killers. So I don't. Yeah, there's no no easy ones for him. And then we go to the main event: Davison Figueroa versus Brandon Moreno. <sighs> Second best fight of the year, and that's only because Joanna. Ended up looking like Quasimodo after a five-rounder with Wei Li. And I think still watching that fight back, Joanna won it. And she looked horrible at the end of that fight. That was my fight of the year. Crazy that it's still this year. It seems like three years ago. I know. But it's like, I've you know, I saw Gilbert Burns on Twitter. I was like, no. He can't pick that. He's like, this is fight of the year. No, it's not. Like, I love this fight. Figaro and Moreno was excellent. Fifth round kind of slowed down. Yeah, and I was like, like I said, a lot of people you forget, Johanna and Whaley was this year, and them those two didn't stop. That shit was wild from the opening bell, and they beat the shit out of each other. Johanna looked like a Klingon. Yeah, that there's there's no, Mm-mm. and you know what? To be honest, it's the third best fight of the year. Ooh, what was better, Poirier, Poirier? Hooker? I was about to say Poirier Hooker. Yeah. Boy, look, because here's here's right. here's I love the Moreno Figueroa fight. I think it was excellent. But there was there's two things that it didn't have that Poirier and Hooker did. Drama in terms of both of them were damn near dead to rights on numerous occasions in that fight. Figueroa wasn't really like I think Rogan yelled a lot and made us think he was hurt, but he really wasn't. <laughs> he did. Yeah, no. Like Figueroa wasn't really hurt. He was off balance a lot. Moreno took a lot a of zombie. punishment, but Hooker and and Dustin. They were dead. Like, there was numerous times, like, oh, this fight's over. And they kept coming back. That's that's the fight that people completely... I don't know how people forgot about that fight, but Poirier Hooker is... If, if Whaley Zhang and Joanna and Jacek didn't happen this year, that's your fight of the year. No, I agree. I agree. But this was a hell of a fight. Hell of a fight. Um, hell of a journey by Brandon Moreno. Yeah. You know, ultimate fighter. Doesn't win that. Gets cut by the UFC in 2018. Battles his way back. Took this on short notice, three weeks out. Made the weight, not only made the weight, but came and pushed the champ to his limit. A champ that has been rolling. Granted, Davidson Figueredo went to the hospital emergency room the night before. Which is crazy. Had a stomach bug. Decided to still fight. Not only still fight, but went 25. Like, with a stomach bug? You know how dehydrated you are? Plus, you just cut all that weight. So you cut all that weight. You're looking forward to, gosh, I can finally have, you know, um, Pedialyte. I can finally have water. I can finally have Gatorade. I can finally eat. 
nope, your stomach decides to fuck up, and you can't do any of that. Yes. So I don't know how he had the strength to fight five minutes, let alone twenty five. I mean that's that's crazy, um, and the only reason why he that fight ended up being a draw is because he punt kicked Moreno's nuts to fucking Venus, which I wouldn't have taken the point away. It wasn't purposeful. It was yeah. I, look, I get it. The only problem was the one thing that I kept going. Ah, he's gonna lose a point for that. Was it when he kept trying to get up from his back and had his hands in Moreno's eyes? I think that's yeah. what her, Herzog was like. Look, man, you gotta chill. Like you keep sticking your fingers in the eyes, then you punt kick his nuts to the moon. I'm gonna take a point. So I'm not, I'm not mad at the the point being lost. Um, and it gives us a re- rematch. And Cody Garbrandt, you can wait. So that's the fight I want to see. Figueroa Moreno too. I think it's different now that we know that Figueroa had a damn stomach virus and was in the goddamn hospital. Um, oh, it's definitely different. Yeah, I mean. But now what does Cody do? I don't know. I don't care. <laughs> like He was coming down the flyway, right? Because they needed a name. That's really what it was. It wasn't like Cody was the number one contender. No. He was the number one contender one, in his own division. He's one in three in his last yeah. four, I think? Go deal with your division. How about that? Nah, he'll wait. He shouldn't. He'll wait or he'll take another flyway. I don't, I don't he know. He hasn't fought a flyway yet. It. The only reason he's going to make flyaways is because he's had the goddamn Rona for the last forever. Yeah, that's going to be crazy. But now that's even better reason for him to just test yourself in flyweight. Take someone who's not as big of a threat. Get your knockout. Keep it rolling. So I, that's going to be tough. Um, let's give our predictions for this upcoming fight card. UFC Fight Night, Wonder Boy versus Neil. Good card again. This is... A card that's worthy of a pay-per-view as well. Yeah, it is. So looking at this, I'm not sure which fights fell off. So pardon me if I announce a fight. Don't worry. By the time we listen to this, there'll be like three fights gone. By the time (laughs) the people listen to it, they'll be like, "Ah, that fight's not on here. Yes, we're recording it Sunday. Deal with it. All right, Anthony Pettis, Alex Morano. I'll pick Pettis. Uh, Give me Pettis, but... There's no more gimme fights for Pettis. No. And this is at welterweight. Yes. Like, how many different weight classes are you going to go up and down to to try to find your match? Hey, I'll tell you, when fighters move up and down, it's a problem. It's a problem because they they're not comfortable, but I think he'll be fine in this fight. Yeah, like, you're, you're just picking, grasping at straws at this point, trying to find what you had and it's not coming back. Um, but I'll take Pettis as well. Next fight, Marcin Tybura versus Greg Hardy. I'm just going to pick Ty Burrow. I'm just going to pick everybody that Greg Hardy fights to beat him. <laughs> I would agree. Ty Burrow, I think, is the better fighter, but give me Greg Hardy. I'm picking Greg Hardy in every fight until we get to see Derek Lewis versus Greg Hardy. <laughs> okay. And then I want Derek Lewis by death. So, um, yeah, Greg Hardy to win this one. Next one, Marlon Moraes versus Rob Font. Give me Marais. I know he's looked a lot different. This is a guy who I think has to bounce back. Yeah, it's crazy, man. Like, Marais was a few minutes away from becoming champion against Ahudo. He looked fantastic. And then the wheels fell off. And then he lost. Then he fought Corey Sanhagen. And he looked good. Then he got a spinning wheel kick to the head. And he just was out of there. He's got to get it back in this fight. If not, hmm. I'm not going to say he's going he's gonna to get cut, but 
Mm, he'll be on the consideration list. So Maurice really? needs to win here. I mean, he just beat Aldo. They don't care. You think UFC cares? I, I, I can't remember what Maurice's contract is. So I will wait until I see what his payout is. Then I'll tell you if he's getting cut. Yeah, that's true. He's on the cusp. And then um, next up, most entertaining fighter night. Michael Prieria versus Kalen Williams. Oh, good old Chaos Williams, man. I, I got to pick Chaos. I mean, come on, man. He's been obliterating people. I mean, so is Michael. Like, that shit, the spinning kicks, the... You know I love the flippy shit. Look, He's like Eddie Gordo. Chaos Williams is going to knock out Pereira. I'm telling you this now. Per, I don't know. Pereira, he's a weird-ass dude. I don't care. I'll give you... Chaos is on the streak, though. I'll take Chaos, too, but damn... Pereira is so fun. There's no way this goes to the judges. No, not at all. Like, I got to look at the betting lines, but that has to be an astronomical betting line. Yeah, it's not happening. No, so, okay, Chaos wins that. Um, Co-main, aforementioned Jose Aldo versus Marlon Vera. <sighs> I'm going to pick Jose Aldo. I kind of want Jose Aldo to lose and go to Bellator. Because <laughs> I just want to see shit happen. Like, I just, I just want to see him in Bellator. Um, but Marlon Vera, uh, he looked fine against Sean O'Malley. He got a lot more credit because O'Malley, I mean, yeah, O'Malley got hurt and then the leg kicks. I mean, the ankle, yeah, the ankle gave out yeah, more than anything. Yeah. Not even from leg kick, from like landing funny on Yeah, so, I'll, yeah, I'm going to go with Aldo. I think Aldo's going to stop him. Yeah, Vera, I don't have, like, supreme confidence in. He was on a nice streak and then lost to Sonya Dong, which isn't a horrible loss, going the distance with him. O'Malley, he won that one. He's really feeling himself. So now he's against Aldo. Aldo needs this fight more, but I think we've seen the best of Jose Aldo, and I think he's on that cut list. He is. So Dana's praying that he loses this fight. Give me Marlon Vera. Okay. And then we get Aldo versus Pitbull sometime in 2021. Because <laughs> fuck it, why not? Uh, right? Like, if we're booking, I don't care if it's not prime Aldo. What a name to be on the resume. Sure. And unless he beats him in 13 seconds, it'll be like the most impressive loss Aldo's ever taken. Um, main event Steven Wonderboy Thompson versus Jeff Neal. It's good. This is a good ass fight. Yeah, give me Wonder Boy. I don't pick against Wonder Boy. I don't either. I like Wonder Boy. I don't either. Jeff Neal's been rolling. Um, but he hasn't really beat people with the quality of Wonder Boy, so he's going to have to show me something here. Also, uh, fun fact, Jeff Neal lost to Kevin Holland in... I can't remember what promotion it was. I was looking this shit up the other day. Um, he's improved a great deal. He hasn't lost since coming to the UFC. But it's Wonder Boy, man. So I'm going to pick Wonder Boy. Yeah, give me Wonder Boy. Like, Wonder Boy... In a five-round fight, I think he just turns this into a chess match. Yeah. And it's it's really hard to to beat him in that capacity. So, yep, we both take Wonder Boy there. And, man, that takes us damn near to the end of 2020 in terms of MMA, which is crazy because we still have another show before the end of the year. So it's a great time to announce that our show during Christmas week leading up to, like, the New Year's, will be a recap show. So we're going to do our best knockouts, our best matches, our best fights, all that good stuff. 
we'll have two of those episodes that we'll put out one Christmas week, one the week after leading into New Year's. And those both of those weeks will just be a one episode week. But we have a ton of good stuff on there. So like best album when it comes to music, all that shit will be on those shows. So make sure you guys hopefully you guys enjoy those. We do those every year. This will be our sixth time doing those recap shows. So I think twenty twenty has been a little a little different. Obviously with the pandemic. We have less music that came out. We have uh you know took a hiatus everything except for MMA it seems like for a couple of months so it limited some of the fights we have but I think we can still scrape together really good lists so we have that coming up for you guys in the next couple weeks right now we have a break coming up for you because we have to take our last one pay the bills when we come back we are talking boxing don't go anywhere we'll be right back We'll get right back to the show in a second, but first, the wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be able to be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads to totals to teams, player and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, divisions, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, everyone, it's the home stretch. We are talking boxing to close out the show today. And we had a lot of good fights this past weekend. Looking forward to a couple of good fights next weekend as well as boxing starts kind of closing up shop heading into the new year. Dre, got to start off right here at the top. Anthony Joshua versus Kubret Pulev. It wasn't even a close fight. I think we saw the closest Joshua's been to the dominant Joshua that he was since before that Andy Ruiz fight. I feel like he got his swagger back. The confidence is coming back. We're seeing the guy that people wanted to fight Wilder, that people wanted to fight Fury, the guy who a lot of people, myself included, thought could be the top heavyweight in the world. Yeah, I mean, he looked great. Like, I, I heard, you know, some people were like, ah, he's still a little gun-shy. Uh, I don't think he's gun-shy. I think he's a little bit more cautious, which is smart. And the hybrid between the guy who fought Ruiz and used his jab versus the killer that knocked Pulev out just completely erased him. <laughs> ninth round with that right hand. I, you know, listen, oh, yeah. first and foremost, has Pulev ever blocked an uppercut in his life? <laughs> he was eating those. Him and John Jones never blocking up. It's like, hey, man, Anthony Joshua threw four consecutive uppercuts at one point, and Pulev just sat there and ate them. And I was like, man, you're a tough guy. And then he smiled. Like that third round where he just got ransacked and turned his back on AJ, That the fight could have been over right there. Yep. And then he came back in like the fifth and staggered AJ. And I was like, man, if he pulls some hijinks and turns this around, people are going to be upset because it could have been over in the third. Yeah, but AJ looked great. It gives Look, the fight that we want, 
WBL, I need y'all to get the fuck out of the way. Look, I know Usyk wants this fight. He's the mandatory for AJ's WBO championship. The WBO has been on record saying we're going to enforce it. But this is why sanctioned bodies suck. Because nobody really wants to see that fight right now. And Usyk, you don't need this fight right now. After your last performance, you should honestly take another fight. I want to see Alexander Usyk fight the winner of Povetkin and Dillian White. That's what I want to see. Do that. Get the hell out of the way. Let Joshua and Fury figure this out. We need an undisputed champion. Period. Yeah, there's no reason to hold up the division anymore. Like, if, if you fight and lose, then what What did you do? You, gave, you made it hard for everybody else because that gives wilder time with his lawsuit. That gives, you know, and everybody can try to factor in because Fury's not going to want to sit there and wait. He can't. He no. needs to fight somebody. Yeah. So, yeah, do this fight now. Book it now. We're going to do it overseas. I'm going to go. You're going to go. And, yes, sir. And it's going to be a good time. Listen, for those who like watched the Pulev fight and were like, wow, these thousand people are loud as shit. I was at Wembley when he fought Pavekin. And that was one of the most insane atmospheres I've ever been into a, for a fight. When I talk about pay-per-views or events, AJ is an event. He may not be as big here, but he's huge overseas. He's a fucking big deal. And him and him and Fury would be nuts. Dude, you do that fight at Wembley Stadium? Huge everywhere. Wembley dog, Wembley Stadium. Eighty thousand plus. Like when I saw him fight Pavekin at Wembley, it was raining. Nobody gave a shit. Everybody sat outside, was put on their slickers and their over their suits and looked amazing. People paid to watch that fight. You do that fight? Come on, man. That's huge. And there's gonna be people like, what can they do in the States? No. You do that at a stadium. In the Listen, UK. I'm always down for Vegas, but do that for like a rematch. It's, it's, this is a British fight. Why the hell would you do it in the United States? Yep. Listen, I got the passport. I'm down. I don't eat fish, but I'll go over there. I'll have some chips. I have a meat pie, whatever else they eat. Shepherd's pie is pretty good. Shepherd's pie? Let's do it. I'll bring my own salt and pepper because I know they don't season their food. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm, I'm with it. Get me a pint. Oh, yeah. I got to start working out because that stadium is probably big as hell. And I got to run from, like, backstage oh, it's huge. to the ring constantly. It, it's huge. Wem- dude, I, this, just the experience of going to Wembley, that was, there's nothing like it. It, it. it made me salty watching the fight. I was like, damn, I should be at this fight. Like, thinking about what Wembley Stadium was like. And then, you know, I went to Buckingham Palace and I did a bunch of cool shit. But it was like, man. That place is gigantic. It's it's a soccer stadium. It's one of the most famous stadiums in the world. And they had a fight there, and AJ filled it up. And then, like, you know, Wembley, like, just the UK, when you talk about, you know, drinking, that was like, I think I drank it every hour on the hour for a week. They wouldn't <laughs> stop. Sounds marvelous. Sounds like my place to be. So, nah, man, I can't wait for that fight, though. Like, in the ring, I hope that fight is next. Um... I, it's cool now. I'm a year in. The Rona kind of fucked stuff up for a while, but I've had enough fights now where I've watched them literally from the ring apron that I know that heavyweight fights from that close are just a different breed. Yes. Like, watching Fury and Wilder throw bombs from my angle look like two giants. Battle, like, this shit looked like Power Rangers, and it was... You know, Tommy's Green Zord versus a fucking Megazord in the ring. 
Like they were ginormous. You felt every punch. Wilder almost fell into my lap. I need to see that shit again. The smaller guys is cool because you get the speed and you get to see everything. It's a little different than UFC when we're cage side because, you know, the cage obstructs so much. With the ring, like right there. Ain't shit in front of me. Yeah, man. So it's it's wild. I can't can't wait to be ringside again. That is gonna be so fun. And in the UK, I don't wanna hear nothing. I just wanna hear crazy ass chants. And there'll be dueling chants. Oh yeah. Because there's two UK champions. Oh that fight's that fight's going to be absurd. So yeah, WBO, get the hell out of the way. Deontay, shut the fuck up with your lawsuit. Be quiet. Go Oh, he's gonna lose that here in a Like second. dog, go fight Andy Ruiz. How about you do that? What a perfect fight is sing right there for him. Yeah, right? go fight Andy Ruiz. Perfect. Fight Ruiz. You know, go through, be like, all right, cool. Knock him out because Andy's a tough-ass guy. You knock him out, now you're right back in the mix. Or you don't knock him you out, you lose. Dillian White. He, he, I think he can knock out Dillian White. Yeah, he, I know what I'm saying. Like, Andy Ruiz, you don't know. Maybe he loses Andy Ruiz. No, Ruiz is a little, Ruiz is a little bit of a toss-up. Dillian White, I think he knocks his block off. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree 100%. So that's that's an easier fight right there. So there's people for him to fight. Go out there, make you a little bit of money, build yourself back up, and then you fight the winner of Fury versus AJ. It's even better if AJ comes away with those belts. Because I think AJ's a more favorable matchup. Yeah, I agree. AJ's chin, listen, no one touched AJ's chin yet since that last, since the first Ruiz fight. So if you can touch the chin, everything's out the window. Yeah. So that, I mean, man, I can't can't wait. Um, the other fight from Saturday night was Shakur Stevenson versus Clary. It was more of a card-related thing, so we'll go down real quick. Edgar Belonga is the real deal. Yes. Another guy who'd never been knocked out got fl- flatlined in the first round. I felt like I was... I thought he was making it to the second, too. For a hot second. And I was like, ah. Yeah. Ah. No. Like the man can't hold long enough. He didn't know where he was. Yeah, Berlanga's that dude is that's a problem. We've I mean, cause look, man, Deontay Wilder was flooring people, but these guys were legitimate cab drivers. Like Deontay was fighting complete bums. And nobody really recognized the knockout streak until it was like thirty in. You're like, oh, wait a second. Like who is this gigantic heavyweight knocking people out? Berlanga's here in his sixteenth fight with sixteen first round knockouts. And his last two, like there's been people on my head was like, well, Lanell Bellows isn't that good. But Lanell Bellows had never got knocked out. Bellows isn't bad, by the way. No, but Watch your Bellows fight for a long time. That's what I'm saying. Like, But people don't understand. Like, there's one He's th- not a cab driver. There's a one thing to be a guy who's expected to lose. But there's another thing where there's a guy who's expected to lose but give you a fucking hard time while doing it. And that's what like yeah. Gabriel Zotto's always been. He's going to give you a hard time. He's probably going to lose. Lanell Bellows is the same way. He was supposed to give Berlanga rounds. He didn't give him one. Berlanga has not had a fight yet where he had to go back to his corner. No. No, every time he goes back to his corner, it's just to do push-ups. It's like, what I do wrong now? Because I already won. Yep. Crazy. Crazy. Crazy power. And I I need him versus Julio Cesar Chavez. He, no. Don't. They've been talking shit on Instagram. Let's Why get would Chavez Jr. do Chavez Sr. should step in and be like, listen, son. Chavez Judas been I'm just saying, shit. but his, his dad should be like, listen, son, I'm not paying for your funeral. <laughs> Don't do this, kid. Don't do I it. I still have to protect you. I'm your dad. Don't do Don't embarrass me, because that's what you're about to do. But that is a name. You want to knock someone out, knock out him. Oh, I agree. It's a name. 
So that Puerto Rican Day Parade weekend, a bunch of people get the the Rona shot. <laughs> Shit, don't wait until they get far enough down the list to start giving Puerto Ricans the Rona shot. It's over. We ain't gonna know how to act. Puerto Ricans and Dominicans, we in the streets every day. So yeah, I, man, I can't wait. Berlanga, big things in his future. Um, next fight up from one proud Puerto Rican. <laughs> To one who just continues <laughs> to let me down. Felix Verdejo, 2014 prospect of the year. All this hype around him. My grandma loved him, thought he was going to be the next um, Cotto or Trinidad. The kid just, he doesn't have, and I'll steal a line from Skip Bayless, the clutch gene. He can't close shit out. He, this fight... Nakatani drops. Nakatani who's never been dropped. Twice in the early rounds. One in the first, one in the third. Could cruise to the victory. Gets to the ninth round. Forgets how to have defense. Short circuits and gets his ass knocked out again. Second time he's lost in the same fashion. I don't, I don't know what there is to say about Verdejo. Verdejo was a guy who looked like he was going to be the real deal. He was young. He was flashy. He could hit hard. He, he had all the tools. And then, you know, the, the motorcycle accident hurt him. And then Nakatani, who, again, gave Tiafimo hell. And people gave Tiafimo shit because he was like, why don't you knock him out? Well, it's because Nakatani's actually a pretty good fighter. Yep. And he went out there and, uh, I mean, he got dropped, what, not even a minute into the fight? And, you know, I thought he was done. I thought Nakatani was like, God damn, Felix Verdejo's back. He dropped him again, I think, in the fourth round. God damn, Verdejo looks excellent. And then it was just like, it was like that uh, maybe the Zab Judah gene where it was like, I'm front running. I'm out of gas. Just push me over. And then Nakatani just pushed him over. Hit him with a jab (laughs) and put his ass out of there. Face first. Hit the canvas with a jab. Man, yeah, he's a rat. Again, talking about people moving up, moving down. He's a guy who probably now has to move up to just see if he can protect his jaw. Like maybe the weight will help his jaw a little bit. But even then, I don't. He's a guy who probably never becomes a champion. No, he's done. Just a, a what if waiting to happen. Um, main event: Shakur Stevenson. I mean, this show was a cakewalk. Yeah. The man, his opponent landed, Clary landed 6% of the punches thrown or some stupid shit. Yeah, it was, it was absurd. Shakur Stevenson is, he's he's going to be really good. He's just, his problem is he doesn't have a foe. Like, he doesn't have a foil. Where Devin Haney, Tiafimo, like, they all are in the same circle, like, talking shit to each other. Shakur's just kind of on the outside, like, hey, guys. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm here, and nobody's really paid him attention in that circle. Well, he's on his way. The other fight that happened this weekend was Chris Colbert, who looked really good in his fight as well. But, yeah, Shakur is going to have to move up and uh, to get those fights. You know, they talk about the Lomachenko fight, but obviously... Oh, plenty of fights at 130, though. I love that he called out Burchelt. Like, he really wants to be the person... Yes. ...to show that Burchelt's not what people say he is. Yes. It's, you know, there's... I think he's going to have a big year next year. Um... I kind of hope Carl Frampton wins. Oh, me too. Because I want to see that fight. Frampton and Shakur. Because yeah, they... Nothing against Harry. Like, Jamel's man, cool. Yeah, I like Jamel, but... Frampton, Frampton Shakur is the, the fight I want this, to see. The shit talking is more action. Good. So, oh, yeah. but that's what Shakur needs. Like, Shakur needs foil. He needs an opponent. 
Like he call he's calling out Burchell. Call out Valdez. Fuck it. Call him out too. Whoever. Just but the thing I really liked, there was one thing that I really liked, and I said it on Twitter. Kriegel's interview with Shakur, where Shakur actually didn't trash the rest of the, the youth movement, he gave them all props. He yep. gave Haney props. He gave Ryan props. Like, he he went down the list and was just like, yeah, like, they're good fighters. I don't think Ryan gets the credit he deserves. I like that. Yeah. Because then... And then he ended it with saying, I'm just the best. Yeah, he, I may um, not be the fastest or the strongest. I'm just the best. And there's nothing wrong with that. And the good thing is, because I truly believe if Shakur fights any of them, he's going to talk shit to him. But he, he the, that's the right way to do it. It's like, look, man, I know you can fight. I'm just going to beat you. Yep. That's it. Like, I know you can fight. I, I, I think that was well played by Kriegel and Shakur to make him look different from his contemporaries by saying, look, man, I respect all these dudes. I just am better than them. Cool. And here's why they're great, but I think I can beat them. I like that a lot. And I think Shakur's got a bright future. Just as long as the kid stays out of trouble, you know, it doesn't roll with the wrong crowd or nothing like that. It doesn't seem like he's going to do any of that. So you should be fine. Yeah, I mean, he had the one birthday hiccup with the police in Miami or some shit, which uh, seemed to go away quick. So after that, I mean, he has good people around him. You know, when Bud Crawford's there, Andre Ward is there, like you, you have a lot of good veteran voices to kind of steer you in the right direction. Yeah, definitely. And now the fights are there. Like now there's plenty. It's not like Bud. Where you look around and be like, yo, there's no one on his resume. Like, there's fights that can be made. And in two years, Shakur's resume could just be out of this world. Yeah, agreed. So, I, I like that. Um, this next weekend has two really big fights, too. It might be foreshadowing. I don't know. I mean, it seems like Triple G booking his fight uh, December 18th, the day before Canelo, was like a, hey, remember me? So Triple G's facing his mandatory, trying to keep the belt. I think he rolls. Um, it's been a while since we've seen a crazy highlight reel knockout by Triple G. Yeah, he needs it, man. Um, Gennady's in a tough spot because Canelo still don't like you. <laughs> like He still doesn't want you to get paid. And now it's even worse because Canelo's not bound to anybody. So, you know, he does this fight with the zone against Callum Smith. And assuming he wins... He can fight anybody at 68. Triple G's still at 60. Yeah. I don't know if he goes back down to 60. No, no, no. Canel's not. Have to change there's no, Canel's absolutely not going back down to 60. He's staying at 68. He's collecting titles. Yeah. Triple G would have to chase him. Yeah. And Gennady for years has said, I'm not going up to 68. And it, it'll look bad, too. Here's why it'll look bad. If Gennady Golovkin decides, like, all right, fuck it. I'm going to move up to 68. You know the first person is going to say something? Oh, Andre yes. Ward? Yes. Yeah, because you're like, you wouldn't move up for me. Right. But you move up for Canelo, but you wouldn't move up for me? That's the first person that'll say something. Because the thing is, is Gennady's a small 60. Yeah. Like, he's truly a 54. But he fights a 60. Fighting Canelo, who, as we all know, is a giant. Like, dude just fought a light heavyweight, knocked out fucking Kovalev. So... I don't know, man. Like, Gennady's going to have to look great. I don't know. At this point, if Gennady doesn't get... Like, let's just say he looks good, but not great. Yeah. Then you kind of have to book the the Demetrius Andre and Gennady fight. Now you just got to... Oh, you yeah. have to do something. 
You got it because no, you definitely. I think because if you're the zone, you have to look at the situations like, well, we signed Gennady with the you know, it was implied that he was going to fight Canelo, but it's not happening. And all, the fights that we've done with Triple G, none of them have been really that great. So it's either shit or get off the pot. Demetrius Andrade has not done shit either. So they need to just fight each other. If Canelo ain't going to fight him. Yeah, I mean, you can't. No more holding. No more holding on to that record. Mm-mm. Right? Like, it, it's it's a wrap. Like, for so long, it was like, oh, Andrade is not a big enough name, all this stuff. Triple G is going to work himself out of the bigger names if he doesn't stay active. Yeah. So... The only way to get Canelo's interest is to belt collect. Still won't get his interest. That's the thing. It's just 60. He don't care. Canelo looks at this situation like, dog, I already beat you. That's how Canelo's always going to look at this. And he's like, I'm not coming down to 60. So what are you going to do? No, but if you belt collect, you force the sanctioning body's hands when you move up. Because <laughs> you're automatically the number one contender when you move up and wait. That's So you can then become Canelo's number one contender and forced to fight at 60. I mean, but first, Canelo, what does Canelo have to do? Get all the belts. He has to get the belts, yeah. <laughs> and that's a lot of time. Gennady's what, 38? No, I, mean, I believe Gennady Golovkin's 38. It's not that much time because you just got to get the right belts if you're Gennady because Canelo, with this fight, and we'll talk about it now, he fights Callum Smith this Saturday. With that fight, that's two belts right there. What, WBO, WBC? Yeah, because WBC just giving just threw in the vacant uh, championship that was stripped from Benavides. But then what happens? Benavides Canelo or Caleb Plant Canelo? Then Plant Canelo and Canelo got three by May. Yeah. So what are we talking? Like that's not that long. I mean, it's still long because he's gonna have to. He's gonna have mandatories. Like Triple G. Yeah. Triple G has got some work to do. In order to collect belts and be highly ranked on any sanction and body to move up to 68. Again, I think he's 38. Canelo fights Callum Smith. Callum Smith is a tough fight. People are sleeping on Callum Smith. It's a tough fight. Callum Smith's measurables make it a really tough fight. I mean, Callum Smith is a good fighter. People look at the John Ryder fight and and think he's like, oh, he's not that good. No, he's fucking good. He's good. Yeah, I always thought Billy Joe Saunders might be the easier fight. But... Callum, yeah, Callum's tough as hell. Yeah, so, again, David Benavidez had just lost his, his title on the scales. He'll automatically be the WBC mandatory. And Yeah, they'll probably enforce no, they it. Have a, they have a different mandatory. Yeah. The guy Canelo was supposed to fight, they have a mandatory already. So Benavidez can chase him? I mean, it's the WBC. I don't, dude, they had a Black Lives Matter belt at Tyson Jones. I don't put nothing past them. Um, so, I mean... And I think, again, I keep saying the fight to make is Caleb Plant for Cinco de Mayo. That's your fight. It is. It is. There's probably, I mean, now that Canelo's a free agent, I can't say any fight was is too tough. No, it's just, he can make any fight. Like, the thing is, it's yeah. easy. And you get the pay-per-view model back, so you might really catch It's it. easy. Like, for, in Canelo's sense, it's how much y'all want to pay me. Because I'm going to fight you. Just how much you're willing to put up. Like, who's, who's the highest bidder? That's all it's going to be. Because if it's... And that's PBC. Like, oh, we're going to do this. All right, well, how much are you going to pay me? Because I'm I'm a bigger star than all your guys. And I have the belts. Come to me. This is the Floyd Mayweather model. Except the Floyd wasn't... You know, he was still with Heyman and Mayweather Promotions. 
whatever. Yeah. But now it's in Canelo's case, like he could go to Matchroom. He could say, all right, I'm going to stay with Eddie Hearn. You guys are come over here. Or I'm going to go over here and I'm going to do this. Like he can do whatever he wants. It's going to good spot. That's why I think with like the Triple G thing, I think that ship is probably sailed. Unless Triple G looks fantastic this weekend. He has to look great. It's to kill a man is what he has to do. Which is very possible in this fight. Very possible. Like he, this is a good fight for him to look great. If he doesn't look great, I'm more worried. Well, you got to be worried about him. Period. <laughs> like what you got left? If you if you're not out here just winning, blowing people out, like it's hard to entice Canelo into a fight. If you're not, if if one, if he doesn't like you, and two, if you don't look terribly impressive, and then three, when there's all again the Benavides, the Caleb Plants, the Billy Joe Saunders, they're out there. Canelo's not yeah, he's not in a situation. No collecting. Yeah, like he's gonna go after those titles. That's what he wants. Canelo's very different from Floyd, is what a lot of people don't forget. I mean, like, tend to forget. Like Canelo's here to fight. I when people give Canelo shit and there was like some dude was like riding me on Twitter, was just like, ah, you gave a cheat the the number one pound for pound. I was like, did he cheat when he fought? I don't I mean the meat thing, like I thought I chalked it up to being stupid, but say what you want. Nobody's comparing to that that portfolio right now. And all he does is want to fight the best. He doesn't really cherry yeah. pick people. He fought Arisandi Lara. He's so young. Like, he's he so will young. fight. He's four years younger than Bud. Yeah, like, he will fight Charlo. Okay. That's going, I think that's going to happen. That's one hell of a fight. He beats him. I'd like to see Triple G fight Charlo. I would too. Jamel, not Jamal. Jamal will probably fight Canelo. Jamal will fight Triple G. They, I mean, there's so many great fights to be made. But it's just the bottom line is that Canelo is not going to sit here and wait for you to get old. Canelo's not going to sit around. He's not going to do any of those things. He's going to fight you. Just yep. make sure his bag is right. Yeah, nah, so that should make for one hell of a fight. Official prediction. Do you have Canelo this weekend? Yes. I don't so know if he's... I, I think uh, it's a decision. I think it goes the distance. Yeah. Yeah. If he stopped him, Callum I'd be I'd strong. be incredibly impressed if he stops Callum Smith. But yeah, that'd be some shit. But no, I think he wins on the card. Yeah, he's he's so good defensively. I say this like people have been listening to this show since we started. I y'all know I was not high on Canelo until like he look, even though I thought he lost the Triple G fight, he showed me something that I wasn't ready for. Not that he could just take a punch, but his upper body movement is sick. Yeah, I thought it was better in the second fight than the first. In the first, I thought he was there way too often to be hit. In the second, I was like, oh, wait, shit has changed. Yeah, he's 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 really good. So, yeah, I think this will be a great fight. Um, Callum's, I think Callum may present some problems with his length. Uh, he hits hard, but I don't know if that's going to matter. Um, and Canelo, I think he'll find a way to make those adjustments and outbox him. Canelo makes adjustments. He does that very well. No, agreed. I'm taking Canelo for the same reasons. Man, uh, it's going to be a great weekend for Combat Sports. Next week, we'll recap all of this stuff, like I said, in one show. And then it's off to the holidays with our recap show for all sports and music. So those are going to be really, really fun. We want to thank you guys for listening, as always. Hopefully, you guys are out there staying safe, staying Rona-free. Follow us on social media, at Corner Podcast underscore on Twitter, at Corner Club for Life on Instagram. You can follow me at Kel Dansby, him at Andreas Hale on all platforms. You can check out our other show, Wrestling with Stereotypes, on adfreeshows.com. Telling you it's worth your time. Great interviews 
with minority wrestlers about their journey, about the future of pro wrestling. It is great. If you guys have seen our live show, it's much like that, but more in depth. So we appreciate the support on all platforms. We'll be back later in the week to talk about pro wrestling. Always fun as they gear up to end um, the year with a bang. WWE is gearing up for TLC pay-per-view. We have NXT gearing up for their New Year's Eve show. And of course, of course, we're creeping up on Wrestle Kingdom. So it is going to be nuts down the stretch these last couple of weeks. We appreciate you guys always listening. Until next time, we're out. Peace. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.